took his children out to train with him and his son, uh, Zora Jr. said that, you know, basically they couldn't keep up with dad. And can you keep up with me? Welcome everybody to the Black Prospector Show. This is the Black Prospector, where I am encouraging black men to get out there and find the gold in their families as well as themselves. Coming at you today looking at legendary black fathers and didn't really have this planned, but it just kind of came to me as we were out today taking a little field trip, a little homeschooling field trip, going to the Chandler, Arizona Museum. And so one of the things that they had in there was a gentleman by the name of Zora Foley. Now, the thing about Zora, I never knew anything about him. This was a first for me. I don't consider myself to be an expert on boxing, but I know a lot more about older boxing champions than I certainly do today's heavyweight or even welterweight, middleweight. It doesn't matter. I think I kind of got out of boxing after Evander Holyfield. But, you know, otherwise, I don't know anything about a lot of the newer boxers, but I know a little bit more about the older boxers. But this is one I didn't know. So it was really cool to go to Chandler Library and just get a chance on Chandler Library, the Chandler Museum. And usually we make library trips and go to the museum. It's a free exhibit. I certainly recommend that, you know, you get a chance to go down there if you live locally or if you're in town visiting that you go check it out. But today I had to take my girl. We ended up going down there also looking at some great photos from the West. So let's kind of consider this. It's what we do. It's kind of a homeschooling lesson. And I want to point out whenever I go somewhere, especially if something jumps out at me on particularly black fatherhood. Now, first, before we get down to business, we have to talk about the pop the moon roof song of the day. The song of the day that came up on the playlist that you got to go bounce to George Benson. So this is love that that's the press rewind song. Can't play it because y'all know I get a royalty strike or whatever they call it. What is it? A copyright strike? No royalties. I'm not making money on this channel. But if you want to help a brother get there, just hit like and subscribe. Likes don't cost you anything, but they could actually help me out quite a bit. So let's get right into it. So I really wanted Boney to kind of give an idea of just how she felt looking at the exhibit. I know she's not a big one on boxing or anything like that, but, you know, just go ahead and kind of tell the folks what you got out of the trip today. Yes. So one of the things that I definitely learned was about CTE um, and brain damage. Um, and I never really heard about brain damage in boxing it was mainly just football. Um, but I definitely enjoyed learning about CTE. Um, I didn't know Muhammad Ali had CTE um, and how when I heard him speak, it was mainly just I thought he was slower at speaking and I couldn't really pronounce his words just because of old age and maybe just he was always like that his whole life. Um, but I definitely did learn something there. And then I also did learn about how slaves were forced to um, fight against each other in slave times um, and how they're forced to fight against each other for the, from, for the death. Um, and how that was one of the reasons was for entertainment and also what you pointed out and what they also pointed out at the museum was that they were supposed to fight against each other. If they're fighting each other, then they're not going to fight their slave masters um, and slave holders. And some people can think about that as, as happening today. Um, the black community is given drugs and guns and basically told to fight over this. And then if you want to do something about it, white people tell you to go vote or even to go and protest, but at the end of the day, they keep saying violence is not the answer. 
Um, but in the past, we've known that they have used violence for entertainment and for other purposes. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that myself, actually, because looking at that, I was surprised. It seems on one of the plaques, it mentioned that in boxing, black boxers showed up actually at 150 BCE or BC for my old school folks that still want to say before Christ or before Common Era. But it was 150 BC. Black boxers started, I guess, showing up on some of the drawings. Very interesting. And then Europe ended up being the one to ones, at least according to the placard there. Europe ended up outlawing boxing. And then it kind of went dormant until Europe brought boxing back in again later on, uh, some hundreds of years later. And even then, boxing was brought in more for the purpose of entertainment. So uh, the basically black folks were fighting one another. And we see this get depicted even in certain movies. I think one of the movies that depicted it most recently was uh, Django. In the movie Django, Mr. Candy, actually, that was really what it was all about. They, they were looking for this prize fighter. And you end up seeing these black men just beat each other to the death. And I find this so ironic because we are a nation that seems to just forget. It just gets eliminated from our mind that things like this actually went on and that it actually is even in our nation's history or in European history. But yet Michael Vick and what he did with dogs is still being brought up today. That's just something that still needs to be, you know, talked about. It was so inhumane, etc. But yet no one wants to talk about what this country didn't have a problem doing with human beings. So, you, you know, the, you bringing that in, I didn't even think about that element, but you're so right. It is really indicative of how violence, guns, just getting, as long as you can have the black community, particularly black men, going against one another, you get a twofold purpose. Not only do you have them not fighting back against the establishment, but you also get to imprison them and then use them for cheap labor. So that, that's a great point that I didn't think about. Um, I will throw in the fact of Muhammad Ali. Uh, the things that they mentioned about Muhammad Ali were just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and the, the, with Muhammad Ali choosing not to go fight the Vietnam War, because you know if you go look at his, his classic stance with that, one of the things that they pointed out is that, yeah, initially people were rubbed the wrong way with that, but really, Ali was kind of ahead of his time because he was already beginning to look at the problems with the U.S. being drawn into this war. And when he stood up, no one was really paying attention to the how much it was costing, what it was, who basically whose sons were being sent over there to fight. Ali really brought those things to attention before the nation really started looking at it. And a few years later, I did not know, at least according to them, that it was actually the public that was beginning to make an outcry saying, let Ali box and defend his championship. I thought that was very interesting because it ties into really, they had some other placards up there and some other pictures of Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, the basketball player who originally said, you know, he did not want to uh, stand and have his hand over his heart, et cetera, with the national anthem. And then they had a picture of Colin Kaepernick kneeling down and it moved on around till we get to George Floyd. Well, lo and behold, now the very issues that these men said, I do not want to pledge my support to the national anthem, not because I don't believe in the national anthem, but because the country isn't standing up to the ideals of the national anthem. 
and to also cause it and bring attention to racism, etc. So the fact that Muhammad Ali actually was caught up in the exact same thing. I took had you take a picture of me pointing again at John Carlos and Tommy Smith. The point of them putting up their fist in the air with the black gloves on at the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. That's something that moved me, although I wasn't alive for that, for y'all who think I'm that old. I wasn't alive for that, but that picture, that iconic picture, was something that always drew me in to so-called civil rights and especially sociology of sport created by Dr. Harry Edwards, who I talk about all the time. Anything else that you kind of got, especially looking at Zora himself, um, any, anything that jumped out at you of you having a chance to you know, not only go look at some stuff involving boxing, but this guy that I'm sure you never heard of. Yeah, I mean, I close to the mic. I especially learned um, about segregation in Chandler, um, and I thought that was interesting because I never heard about that before. And just going through the museum and looking at the pictures and the history, I've never really been interested in boxing, but that exhibit, that museum was definitely interesting in and of itself. Yeah, that and and, and that's something I want to point out too is that really when I hope for homeschooling parents, especially dads who tend to really be pretty knowledgeable about history, stop just walking through a museum, you read something real quick and you move on. You look at a picture and you move on. Instead, stop and take the time with your kids to bring history alive and to actually begin to investigate and piece what you see in those photos together to tell you about where you are at or where you are from. In this case, looking at Chandler, Arizona, they had a picture of Zora and him being in a class. I think it was what first and third graders. Looked like it was around 20 black kids in this class. So I told her, and we kind of ended up going through the museum out of order, but I told her, I said, you know, this looks like First, Chandler today is not known as a black city. I think like many cities, especially in this part of Arizona, it might be considered diverse, but it's certainly not known as a black city. And actually it's probably, uh, many would probably say it's a quote unquote middle class or upper middle class suburban area. So to see way back in, I think it was the 1940s, that here it was, this gentleman was in a class with 20 black kids the first thing that jumped off at me when I see photos like that, where did all these black kids come from? Was he affluent? It certainly didn't sound that way. And certainly would there be 20 affluent black kids living there at that time? Likely not, which makes me suspect that they were forced to live in that part of town. Sure enough, as we kept going around the, mu the museum and the exhibit, that's exactly what we ended up discovering. So we were actually kind of the end when it had that picture of him and Chandler and in school. But then when you look and we came around to the beginning, you end up seeing that Chandler, Arizona, much like Detroit, Michigan, much like almost any black area that we have gone and looked past. Y'all might be hearing that. That's my neighbor CTSV uh, starting up. And, you know, I'm not going to hate on that kind of noise uh, that's in the background. But anyway. But the fact that like any other area you see, you would think well, black people just want to live by themselves. They just want to be segregated and then they tear the community up. I've heard people say that. No, when you look historically, blacks were always forced to live in a particular location. And in that location, you find a lack of resources. You find people living on top of one another. You also find high crime. And you also seemingly, like we kind of talked about earlier, 
drugs, guns, other things just find their way into the community. Like JJ used to find stuff on good times when he'd go to the store and shoplift. So I, I thought that really jumped out at me as well. And Chandler, just like Phoenix, just like most cities, what do they have? You have insurance or had, maybe still have, insurance redlining, dictating where black families had to live. And in this case, ended up, we, we were piecing together black history in the Phoenix area. In this case, we see that that south portion of Chandler, just as from what I understand, the south side of Phoenix, tend to be the areas where black folks were forced to live. Is there anything else as we get ready to close that, that you kind of jumped on? If you had any recommendation for people to, to look at the museum, is there any exhibit that stood out to you over any other? Um, no, I just, recommendation is doing the scavenger hunt. That was very fun, looking at the, all the pictures. And then they have a little art section um, with a bunch of pictures that you can look at. But overall, it was interesting. I liked it. All right, all right. Just want to encourage you, get out the house. Just because your kids are homeschooled, just because even your kids may go to school, does not mean you can't take them to a museum. Just have a good, fun time. Look, we black prospectors, we've been hitting the road. We hit the road a lot last week. Uh, going up in northern Arizona along Route 66. And wherever we go, we're trying to piece together history. We're trying to look and say, how did the people in this place get here? Why are they here? What are they doing here today? And what that could actually mean to us today and what we can learn from it. I don't know about you. I learned a lot. Um, and I will say uh, before, as I close, the main thing I mentioned, legendary black fathers, it's the fact that all they had about at least three different uh, photographs and write-ups about the kind of father that Zora was. And to read that was very, very, very inspirational because as he alluded to, many of the boxers were out there basically just blowing their money. That's all that they were doing at the time. But he makes it a point that I'm going to go home and be with my eight children and play with them. That's what he found fulfillment and joy into. And I think even in today's day and age, or even if we're talking about past generations, the majority of the time, and this is why I do the show, black men are usually always put down and always told what they're doing wrong, what they're not doing, how they're not taking care of their families, et cetera, et cetera. But this man even took his children out to train with him. I think you've been out to train with me a few times, right? Yeah. I really like that. He took his children out to train with him and his son, Zora Jr. said that, you know, basically they couldn't keep up with dad. And can you keep up with me? No. So I, I think that was also just something great to read. Uh, and Muhammad Ali, they mentioned that as well, the involvement that Muhammad Ali had with his kids. Uh, I've listened to some of the recordings uh, and tried to copy it myself when I travel on business of just leaving, uh, whether it's a letter or voice recording to my kids. Uh, Muhammad Ali did the same thing when he was always on the road. And that was something else that was mentioned about Zora is that when he would come home a lot of times from the ring, he would end up coming home late at night and would wake the kids up so he can play with them. So this man was a very, very involved father. And I have to tell this story in closing. When, and this is how, why Muhammad Ali is featured so much at the exhibit, uh, you had Zora and Muhammad Ali end up fighting one another. So you know, obviously it's important in the Chandler area, it's a local story. He ended up being uh, the, the heavyweight contender to go up against 
this guy, Muhammad Ali. And so it was a very well-known, very well-publicized at the time. And Muhammad Ali, should I tell him Should I tell him who won the fight? Well, obviously, I think you know Muhammad Ali won the fight. But I won't give you any details on it. But Zora Jr. said that, or it's on one of the, one of the write-ups, that he was really sad because he thought his father would beat Muhammad Ali. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but it was so cool to read. Muhammad Ali basically told him that he had nothing to cry about. And perhaps if it would have been 10 years earlier, things would have been different. And because actually Zora was 10 years older than Muhammad Ali. So he fought a young Muhammad Ali as well. Uh, so that was a tremendous story to even hear from Muhammad Ali because so much was said about him being brash, loudmouth, arrogant. But if you ever look and you study the life of Muhammad Ali, you really learn what a humble man and a wise man he was. So that was definitely tremendous to read. So that's all we're going to talk about for today. Definitely glad to have a chance to talk about some of the positive energy, ener energy images that we see with some black fathers going on out there. And I want to encourage you, get out there, take your kids. Don't sit up there and wait on the school to take them everywhere and on adventures. That's your job to do as a black prospector. Let's get on out and get something popping. All right. So we have, remember, like and subscribe. And also, new thing I'm going to add in these videos. What did you hit today in the gym? Today, it was delts and triceps for me. Been off of the gym for, a, nah, I took three days off. It's the longest time period I've taken off in probably, I'll say, well over six months. So the joints felt good. Beat the logbook on a couple of different exercises. So I'm going to do that every video. I want to know what you're hitting in the gym. What did you blast today? And did you beat your logbook? Did you set some records? And I used to ask y'all that all the time. Did you set some records? Because every day you go in there, you need to be setting some records. All right, we out. Like and subscribe. Appreciate you joining us today. And we'll be back with more adventures of the Black Prospector Show.